The topic of the end times has came up a lot recently with the alleged trumpets heard all around the world to the Euphrates River drying up and all kinds of natural disasters happening. But what if there are some things that are right in front of our face that are verified and if left unchecked can potentially lead to a societal collapse? Well, recently, one of the most controversial megachurch pastors released a video called The Satanic Six. It made me think about yesterday's video where we covered Revelation 16 and the six bowls containing God's wrath. We'll talk about that and some other prophetic passages later in this video. But first, I gotta acknowledge that many people will try to get me canceled for even reacting to this pastor. But let me tell you this, once you see this video, it will be difficult to unsee it. And the pastor that I'm speaking of had a massive rise, then a fall, yet consisted and persisted in local church ministry. I'm talking of no other than Pastor Mark Driscoll. Now, you may or may not recognize him from this clip. Some of you have already whispered in her ear, I'm sorry, I'll do better, trust me. Let's just move on real quickly. How dare you! But now, a few decades later, I randomly stumbled across this sermon clip talking about the Satanic Six of our current society. And if you watch till the very end, I'll give you my thoughts specifically on what I think the core of this is. Is it some mass conspiracy and agenda? And I'll give you guys arguably the most practical advice on how to overcome some of this deception that's happening in society right now. Check this out. Here are the satanic six. These are the big cultural crisis that we're dealing with in our day. Hmm. Number one, men are encouraged to be boys or girls, but not men. Boys or girls, but not men. I think this is a very fair statement, but listen to what he says next. My daughters were little. They would dress up like princesses. Now we're telling fathers to do the same thing. And for you young men, they're trying to keep you in adolescence and childhood and boyhood as long as they possibly can so that you're overmothered, underfathered, dependent on the government, broken, mm. and ultimately no longer a productive member of society. There is clearly something happening attempting to make the men more docile, more passive, to consistently push back in this whole idea of toxic masculinity, quote unquote, right? Uh, without any real promotion or celebration of any kind of masculinity. Number two, men are not launching. How many of you guys are the young guys? You're in your 20s? This is by far the most alarming part. Your whole generation is a failure to launch situation. Mm. Here's what the research tells us. Young adults are taking longer to reach key life milestones, impacting finances later analysis show. So adolescence is this bizarre phase you're not fully a man and an adult and you're not a child anymore and so that window of adolescence initially was kind of like 18 to 22 while you're in college figuring it out having the college experience and further to now is arguably 18 to 30. all of the key life milestones that actually help people to develop stable lives and or build foundational legacies for their children and their grandchildren. Remember, Proverbs says a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his grandchildren, right? All those things are getting pushed back later and later. You're looking at the world and you're saying, okay, is my son going to be able to launch? We are going to need to help him. Okay, so check out what Proverbs 19, 14 says. It says, house and wealth are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Notice fathers helping their kids 
with an inheritance. Okay, let's get back to this clip. This is from CNBC, and it comes from the Pew Research Report. Young adults in the U.S. are taking longer to reach key life milestones uh, that impact finances compared to four decades ago. In 2021, adults who were 21 were less likely to have a full-time job, be financially independent, living on their own or married, or have children than their predecessors from the 1980s. Now, the issue with all this is the longer men, especially young men, wait to get married, the more likely they are to make bad decisions with women. But when you have a kid out of wedlock with someone that you do not want to be your spouse, and economically speaking, it is a catastrophic decisions when people have kids out of wedlock. And that's exactly where America's going, and he's going to put that up next. And what the result is, what we have now, is we have a record number of overmothered, underfathered men. Yep. And it takes a man to raise a man. Yep. They tell us that masculinity is adopted and adapted from a father figure in your life. That's right. And what we've got, we've got a generation of young men. And I'm not saying this to beat you young men down, but to build you up. Yeah. And you men need to know that if you just go with a cultural stream, mm. you will be a very unimpressive man for the rest of your life. And by the way, I'm going to give you guys a, a nugget. At, you got to watch to the end of this video about how not to go with the cultural stream and where a lot of the root of this is. So just make sure you watch till the end. Are not launching. They're not getting married, having children, becoming husbands and fathers and yep. launching careers and businesses. Yep. What are they doing? They're staying at home. Mm. They're living with their mother until their 30s. We've taken men who are at the strength in their life and in that season when they should have the greatest vision for their future yep. and we have broken them and we have sidelined them. These are all things that are happening right now. Real studies showing these sorts of things. So as so many people are consuming themselves with the next conspiracy and this agenda and that agenda, and I'll get to the reason of and the root of why I think these things are happening, but before, let's, let's get through some more of these points. Men are not working. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, it's called uh, Not in Labor Force. A record 7 million men ages 25 to 54 are not working or looking for work. They call them NILFs, right? And this is also interesting that as the rise of nuns, folks who don't have any religion, and then the increasing rise of NILFs, men not in the labor force. Uh, is there a correlation there? I don't know. Okay. What that is, is that's a whole generation of guys who are in their 20s, let's say, and they're not working and they're not looking for work. If you're an older man, how many of you, you don't even have a category for this. Nope. You don't, you're like, you, you don't have, if you're a single guy, you should have at least two jobs. Ooh. I can see you guys angrily typing in the comments right now. How dare you? <laughs> Pun intended. But I, th I think he's right. I think he's right. If you got a bunch of time on your hands, I think he's right. Listen, I was just recently at a young adults ministry and someone pulled me to the side and they were very talented visual artists, but they said that they were afraid to pour more of themselves into being a visual artist and building a business out of it because they're afraid that if they become successful, it'll go to their head and the clout will ruin them. And I asked him, I said, how many hours a week are you working right now? And he said, 20 hours a week. I said, are you going to school? He said, he's not going to school. I said, what are you doing? He said, working in retail. I said, my brother, you have over 100 waking hours weekly. What are you doing with that time? Right? Because working 20 hours a week and volunteering a little bit at the church and saying oh, you're in ministry is not going to cut it. All right? You, we got to raise the bar for some of these things. Okay, for two reasons. You have the energy, and if you don't have a wife, you have nowhere to put it, so you may as well go get two jobs.
channel that. All you guys that are, you know, addicted and struggling, channel that energy into something productive. Just something to pray about. But nonetheless, the way this works is we've got a whole generation of men that we have created to be dependent mm. and not to have them mature so that others can depend on them. Well, uh, 40% of millennials and Gen Z, uh, ages 18 to 42, don't believe in marriage. They think it's an antiquated, outdated institution. 40%. The whole world is built by men who have women and children to feed. That's right. The reason that a man gets out of bed and goes and works a job, pursues a career, takes a chance, launches a company, he's got a woman that he loves and children with his last name, and he feels this God-given level of responsibility to provide for them. What if we started thinking about those things before you were married and before you had kids? What if you started thinking about the future version of you and you started considering that person today by maybe working extra hours, by maybe picking up another uh, part-time job or another hustle or developing some useful skills. 25% of 40-year-old men in America have never married. 25% of, remember that show, The 40-Year-Old wow. Virgin? These guys aren't all virgins. I'm just telling you how this is working. Mm -hmm. So men are not marrying, but what are they doing? They're living and sleeping with multiple women with That's no right. intention of ever marrying. Cue the red pill. Rack up your body count, have 50 partners. All along, you're increasing the chances of potentially getting somebody pregnant out of wedlock. And so what you've got as well, you've got an entire generation that are cohabitating. And now what you're starting to see is two things happen. Women who go to college, which men don't, and women who are in the workforce, which men aren't, are having a hard time finding a man to marry. So they're doing one of two things. The younger women are marrying the older men, the dirty old guys who can afford it, or number two. <laughs> Why do you call them dirty old guys who can afford it? Number <laughs> two, they're becoming less. Oh, he dropped the L word. He dropped the L word. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, man. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot of conversations about women not being submissive and not being traditional and all these things. And there's definitely those women out there. But what I've experienced is that when men are capable, competent, solid, hardworking providers, when they're priests, providers, and protectors, women have no problem submitting to men like that. One in four young adults today are saying that they are not going to have children. The majority of children born to women 30 and under, those children grow up with no father in the home. And now the next generation of men, 25% of young men are saying, I have no intention of ever having a child. One in four children today in our country have no father in the home. That's 18 million children have no father in the home. The majority of the homes are single mothers, not single fathers. And you just need to know this. If a kid grows up in America, they are 300% more likely to not have a father than the other nations on the earth. That's crazy. 300% more likely. Technically, statistically, this would be one of the worst countries in the world to actually be born if you wanted to have a father. Wow. And so let me just tell you this. You men are a statistical anomaly and miracle. Mm. Like some of you guys didn't know this, but going to work today made you special. <laughs> <laughs> some of you, how many of you guys are married? You're the weirdos and the outliers. Mm. How many of you are the father of a child? Okay, you are a statistical minority. How many of you have more than one child? You're a total freak, okay? And thank you, because when everyone is wrong, you're the oddball if you're the one getting it right. Mm. And that's the world that we live in. That's good. And what happens today as well, if you don't have a father in the home, the odds of a child having mental and behavioral health issues is up 200%. Wow. If you don't have a father in the home, the odds of growing up in poverty go up 400%. Oh my gosh. <sighs> This stuff is heartbreaking. If you don't have a father in the home, you're 500% more likely as a child to have a medical or um, emotional disorder. Mm. And what do we do with the little boys who manifest these issues? We medicate them. Yep. We say, you know what? There's something wrong with you. You're angry and acting up. You don't have a father, so instead we'll give you a pill. Mm.
and then we'll put you in school and then we'll cause you to question your gender. And then maybe we'll mutilate your genitalia. And then we'll make sure that you never grow up to be a strong man. And what we don't know what to do with the strength of boys, we don't know how to direct it, so we castrate it. Wow. We don't know how to direct it, so we castrate it. Number six, men are not leading. Statistically, more women than men are in church, more women than men are in college, and more women and men than men are in the workforce. This is, sounds like a red pill talking point by red pill, the manosphere, that whole world, right? But the question is why? 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 Is it, is it external? Is it internal? Is it relationship dynamics? Is it the, the byproduct of the fall? I'm going to get into that in a second. And so men are not leading, men are not launching, men are not marrying, men are not working, men are not fathering. It is a complete and total cultural crisis. And I would tell you, if we fix the men, the men will fix everything else. Woo! If we fix the men, the men will fix everything else. Now, I'm going to give you guys, uh, go, go check out the full video, leave a comment on it. I want to give you guys a couple passages and... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, something to, to think about with regards to all of this. Okay, so why is this happening? Is there an agenda? Is there an Illuminati? Is, is, this, is this another? I don't know. Well, what we do know is this stuff is verified. And here is what it says about the, the, the condition of the human heart, right? And the condition of people and the condition of the world. First John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. Now, this is specifically talking about the world system that the enemy controls. This is not talking about the people of the world because we know for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So Jesus loves the people of the world. He comes, lives a life we couldn't live, dies the death we should have died on the cross in our place for our sin and rises on the third day, right? That's the good news. This is talking about the world system. This is talking about the ways of the world, the wisdom of the world, right? If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And most of these issues that we're seeing happening are coming from a system that prioritizes pleasure, prioritizes the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And that is what's driving the ideology, that is what's driving the imagery that is what's driving the issues that are happening in the world. That is where this stuff is coming from. It's not coming from God. Ephesians says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities. That this is a spiritual issue anchored on the things that we crave in the physical and that alone, right? Whereas God offers something way better. God offers us new hearts for, to be for us to be born again, regenerated, filled with the Holy Spirit, to live like new creatures, to have new desires, right? And on the byproduct of that, he also allows us to experience his presence on this side of eternity, to experience his upside-down kingdom on this side of eternity. In yesterday's video about the end times, we looked at a passage written to the children of Israel while they were in Babylon. A lot of people are paralleling America today and the world today to modern-day Babylon. But check out what God instructs the children of Israel while they were held captives. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4, God is instructing them. And in verse 5, he tells them to build homes and plant a stay, plant gardens, 
and eat the food they produce, marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have grandchildren, multiply and do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. So God is instructing his people that are in exile to think multi-generationally, to think about having a, a spouse, to think about having children, to think about having grandchildren, to think about the peace and prosperity of the land that I've called you in. And so many of us are struggling with these things. Like, that's cool, Ruslan. You're telling me to plant gardens. Well, I don't know how to garden. You're telling me to, 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 to get married and have kids. I don't know how to provide for a family. Don't you? Haven't you heard about the inflation rate and the economy? And trust me, I'm familiar with all of that. I remember being young, getting married, struggling financially. All of those things are very, very, very real and very real struggles, okay? But I want to play something for you guys that I think helps summarize the crux of the issue. There's an entrepreneur that I follow. His name's Alex Ramosi. He's worth over $100 million, and he gives some of the most practical business advice. Check this out. In an interview with Danny Miranda, Alex Ramosi said this. I think, I think, I, I, I resent the passion thing, mm. not long-term, but in the short-term for people who are starting. And I think that's because it sets too high of a bar. He resents the passion thing. What is he talking about? This notion that we've been preached to, you need to follow your passion. You need to discover your passion. You need to find out what you're passionate about because you're a snowflake. You're one of a kind. You, you, you have goals and dreams and you need to find out what those dreams are and build your life around your passions. The execution of that is where people fall short. All this. Is that they wait for something that they're going to fall in love with. The execution of waiting to follow your passion is where he says people fall short. Listen to what he says next. Is that they wait for something that they're going to fall in love with. Mm. And you don't fall in love with things unless you're good. And you only get good at things if you suck first. You don't fall in love with things unless you're good. And you don't get good until you suck first. And so I think it's really about like lots of action even if it's disjointed until you're like, oh, I have seen some progress on this. I will do more of it. And then all of a sudden you get good at whatever the thing is and then you like it and then you find your passion. But you didn't find your passion, you created it. Mm. And so I think if we lowered the bar for a lot of people who are starting out, like it's kind of it's kind of like the same thing with like romantic partners right now for a lot of younger, younger people. It's like you have the paradox of choice mm. is that there's so many fish in the sea. There's so mm -hmm. many swipe rights. There's so many opportunities to meet girls or meet guys that you're looking for this perfect key or this perfect lock that's gonna like unlock all the, the amazing romantic thing that, and it's just not like that. And I think that you could probably look at careers the same way. And so people haven't connected. Like there's some element of people who are like, okay, marriage isn't perfect. And there is no perfect partner. Well, there's also no perfect career. Mm. Are too many people struggling and falling short because they're waiting for something perfect instead of becoming the type of person that God has called them to be? And so it's like everything has overhead. And that's a basis quote. Like everything has elements that you don't want. And I think the expectation that everything is going to work out makes it so that nothing does for most people. The expectation that everything is going to work out makes it makes it so nothing works out for most people. Is it possible that what we really need to do is to implement the wisdom of God in practical steps so that we are not like the rest of the world? Because if you want the results that the rest of the world has, keep doing what the rest of the world does, and you will get those said results. But if you want to be different— got to figure out ways to implement godly disciplines. you got to figure out ways to implement God's wisdom and God's ways into your daily life. And that requires being deliberate, being intentional, growing in wisdom and knowledge by reading the scriptures, praying, 
And my question for you is, how often are you being intentional in growing in those areas and spending time with God? Not just passively, not just when you throw on a podcast or throw on a YouTube video like this, but actually investing in those daily disciplines. What I've done for the past couple of years is document my prayers in a prayer journal. We put out our own with the exact prompts I've been using, and you can check that out in the link below. Or if you want to get the free version of the PDF, go to blessgodpdf.shop to get the PDF version of our prayer journal, print it out, and start growing in consistency by documenting your prayers, which will help you develop a daily habit of prayer and also help you go back and see the times where God has answered your prayers. Go to blessgodpdf.shop. All right, I'll see you over there. Peace.